0: Welcome to Mundaria Legends. I am your host, Michael Stone. I am excited to report that I'm almost done with the first draft of my book. In case you forgot, this book, currently titled God Slayers, is a post-apocalyptic high fantasy epic that takes place several thousand years after the events of these stories I share here in this podcast. There's still a lot of work to be done with it, but I am glad for the chance to polish it and make sure that it'll be just right when it publishes. But for now, I am excited to bring to you our last episode before the big two-part finale for the season. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11, The Pearl Necklace. So, let's get this story straight. You are claiming that the dwarves and avians are about to attack the capital, the white haired captain of the guard asked Loella. Yes, she confirmed, exasperated. And it's because you, supposedly the missing senator, Loella, who is on the top of every wanted list from here to the southern seas, has the banishing blade that they are looking for, except that you don't have it, and instead it's a mad elf healer named Zeru who cannot be killed. The captain repeated, his belief in Luella's tale strained more and more with every word. "'I am Senator Luella,' she reiterated. "'You look nothing like her,' the captain said. "'For one, she's got yellow-orange scales, and you are purple. That's about as far from yellow as you can get. Like I told you, I would be able to take off this bracelet, that Sir Clipsos, th- "'That's the elf?' the captain asked, confused no you just said the elf's name he's zero no i'm talking about sir Clypsos. he gave me this bracelet that allows me to disguise myself and i could take it off if you would just meet me anywhere else other than the front gate to the city she hissed i do not intend to spend these critical hours before this attack getting thrown into a cell by one of a dozen merfolk guards who are looking at us right now the stern eyes of the captain did not relent. "'I've had enough of you merfolk trying to fool around with us. I know it's a novel concept to some of you tailed types, but we humans have better things to do than tolerate whatever scams or pranks you mid nobles decide to concoct in all the free time you decide to so artfully waste,' the captain scolded. "'Now!' "'Leave the premises immediately before I throw you into a cell for attempting to impersonate a senator.' "'I don't understand how you can be so difficult about this,' Luella exclaimed. "'Didn't Haggerty tell you to expect me? He can verify every detail of what I've told you.' First off, he's just an attendant to Archon Antial, and secondly, he's been recalled by the Archon's office for duties above my pay to know anything about.' "'And thirdly, I know him better than to think he'd ever have the stupidity "'to associate with one of your kind. "'He'd never risk it. "'I'm sorry, but think of a better line next time, Senator. "'Now, off you go.' "'Luella opened, and then rapidly clamped her mouth shut. "'There was no use. "'She could see in this captain's eyes how little trust was there, "'how burned out this man had been under years of answering to the whims "'of merfolk above his station.' She looked desperately around at the other human guards nearby. One of them quickly broke eye contact with her, a private, who suddenly was quite interested in the shoreline. Loella swam back a little, distancing herself uh, from the shoreline, right next to the gate front. "'Fine. I'll leave. But if you have any second thoughts before it is too late, please do whatever you can to get additional guards here at the Capitol. That's all I ask.' "'You're this close to being thrown into a cell, fish!' The captain said irritably, "Now go." Luella turned back, swimming along the river that ran parallel to the cobbled pathway that led through the gate to the intersection of Ethal's boisterous marketplace. She found the familiar fishmonger's market stand where she knew Sir Clipsos would be hiding. She turned to one of the barrels that, to her eyes, were stacked in a small pyramid of other fish barrels. She knew, however that this was simply the illusion Sir Clipsos told her he would take, in order to avoid suspicion. "'No luck again?' Sir Clipsos's voice whispered from the barrel. "'No. I don't know why Antial recalled Haggerty to his office today. But because of that he obviously hasn't been able to tell the guards about anything,' she complained. "'And with no way to get to Chiral, we won't have any chance of warning anyone powerful enough to do something about this impending disaster.' "'Excuse me!' an unfamiliar voice called out. Panicked, Luella turned and saw a guard approaching her, one of the very same guards who had heard her present her case to the captain nonetheless. "'I need you to answer some questions for me,' he continued as he closed in. "'He can't hear me right now,' Sir Clipsis's voice said, as it echoed in Luella's mind. "'Just give me a nod, and I'll have him convinced that he has missed a major duty shift somewhere else and he'll be gone.' "'No,' Luella answered. "'No?' the guard asked, confused. "'You—you you are the one who was just saying the Senator Luella, right?' "'That—that that depends on who is asking,' she answered, uncertain. "'If this soldier thought he could get an easy bounty by turning her in alone, he was in for the surprise of his life. Loella prepared herself, ready to quickly reach out a tentacle of water from the river and drown him if needed.' "'My name is Lieutenant Dranel,' the soldier said. "'I—' "'I was there at the Battle of Strathrix. "'I saw how you and the King stood up for us, "'and I fought alongside you as we staved off the horde of the undead "'that the Elf summoned. "'I believe you, and I want to help.' Luella issued a sigh of relief. "'Thank you. And here, I really am the Senator.' She took off her bracelet briefly, letting the soldier recognize her before she slipped it right back on. "'At this point, we'll take whatever help we can get. Though,' she said delicately, "'we'll need a lot more than just one lieutenant if we want to stop what's about to happen here. Is there any way you could speak with the other captains? Get them to request additional reinforcements here?' "'Archon Antial is breathing down all our necks right now,' the lieutenant regretfully reported." That's probably why Captain Rosal wasn't too keen on believing your story. The Merfolk are paranoid right now, What with all the rumors of rebellion, true and false, that are circulating, unauthorized troop movements to the capital are exactly the kind of thing that would get any of us court-martialed or worse. Lowell sighed, turning her head to Calypsos' fish barrel, looking for answers. What were they supposed to do now? But I think I could get you to see King Chiral the lieutenant added hopefully. Lowell's head snapped back towards the young brown-haired man. "'Really? Are you certain of this?' The soldier nodded. "'I'm the one who has been asked to escort the senator's daughters to meet with him. They of course won't let the king use his personal reception chamber. Word has it Archon Antial wants to do that to remind him that his claim to the throne has been formally challenged, I suppose. But the king will be in one of the smaller banquet halls this evening.' "'There's a few other women who would be formally presenting themselves at that time. "'It would be easy enough for me to have you join the rest.' Loella clasped her hands together. "'That... that is exactly what we've been trying to accomplish all this time. "'If you are sure this will work, then... yes, by all means. "'Please allow me to come with you, then.' "'The problem is, is that you wouldn't be able to speak freely with the king,' "'the lieutenant frowned, apologizing.' "'Archon Antial has insisted that he be present for any audience the king decides to hold. "'That and word has it that the king still is adamant "'that he won't consider anyone other than you, Senator Loella, "'And you are to be arrested on sight by the Archon's orders.' Loella shook her head, dismissing the concern. "'That's all right. If I can get myself included in this process—' before the king's selection they say he's going to make tomorrow. I am certain I can convince Chiral to select the false me without letting on about who I am. That way the Archon won't have any legal way to stop Chiral from becoming king. We'll get additional troops here as soon as possible and make sure the dwarves and avians are dismissed from here before anyone suspects that I really am Luella. The soldier nodded. "'I'll trust your judgment, Senator. "'You put your life on the line at Cruz to end the war, "'and I'll risk what I need to "'in order to make sure that you have the same opportunity here. "'Thank you,' Lowell responded. "'I just hope we haven't missed that opportunity.'" By this time... Loella had faced a sociopathic draconid warrior noble, a mass-murdering merfolk king, a mad elf-healer, the nightmarish Molinot and the illusions of a Cthulhu sentinel, and yet, in her heart of hearts, she knew that this upcoming challenge, facing her husband, after all this time, and being asked to face him as if meeting him for the first time again, something about all this unsettled her, even more than anything else she had faced so far. She tried to shake off the doubts. She had to. After all, the only way that the Maieli were going to survive was to quash this challenge to Kairal's authority, and then use that authority to secure the capital before the dwarves and avians decided to employ more radical means to chase down the banishing blade. And before Zeru incited a second series of civil wars among her own people. Lieutenant Dranel escorted Loella through the threshold to the main audience chamber. This massive circular room was the center of Mayeli political life, especially ever since the destruction of the Senate Rotunda on the eve of the Crucian War. Rows and rows of seats rimmed the large room, with a large circular pool in the middle of it, taking up much of the area where a walkable floor normally would be. Lieutenant Drenell had been incredibly helpful, even arranging for Luella to be brought in on a palanquin. And, on the front row of seats on the opposite side of the room, was a face that Lowell had only seen in illusion and dream for the past several weeks, with the exception of the brief glimpse she had caught of him at the ball the evening before. King Kyral was still looking as radiantly healthy as he had in that crowded room. His demeanor wasn't nearly as bright as his recovered health, however. There was a deadness to his eyes, chiseled into the rest of his face as he propped up his head with his arm, consigned to proceeding with the business at hand. "'I am here,' Luella wished she could tell him. "'Don't give up. We can make this work. Just give me a chance.' "'This is the last one for this evening, correct, Lieutenant Drunell. The voice of a very annoyed Archon asked. Loella bristled, flinching. Though she had tried not to focus on him for too long, Antial, indeed, was here. Perfectly dressed for the occasion in his ornamental pauldrons, the emeralds there complementing his green scales. For once, however, he wasn't flashing the same immaculate grin she always remembered him for. Instead, he was quite bored. As Lieutenant Drenell had informed Loella that there had been over ten different last-minute presentations to the king today, she could certainly understand why. "'Yes, sir,' the lieutenant confirmed, bowing slightly before he left the room. He didn't spare any well-wishing to Loella, especially with such present company. "'Well, that this whole circus will be over soon enough will be something, at least,' Antial responded. "'Very well.' Your uh, name and sponsor, young lady. I am Jula of the Vassian Isles. I have been sponsored by attendant Haggerty from the office of Archon Antial. She said, careful not to let any of her apprehension waver her voice. Haggerty recommended you to Prince Chiral. Antial asked. Y- y- yes, Loella confirmed. My family is on good terms with Mister Haggerty and upon hearing of Chiral's search for a new wife, he requested that I be allowed an audience with him. She had discussed the idea of not using Haggerty as her sponsor, given the suspicious circumstances of his withdrawal to Antial's office all day, but there simply wasn't anyone else in Ethal that they could list as their sponsor. Archon Antial was verifying every detail of each candidate's story, as inimical as he was towards this whole process of Chiral selecting a new wife to cement his rule. It was still very much a gamble, of course, but Lola felt there had been no other course that they could take. "'Well, it may displease you to hear that he has recently been found guilty of avoiding conscription. In fact, his execution is scheduled for tomorrow. Anyway, tell me, was your family aware of his criminal activity?' Antioll asked, his voice full of suspicion. "'I knew—' Loella said, concerned. My father and mother had no idea of this. Archon Antial, Chiral interjected. Both you and I have wasted enough time with these presentations. I thought that these were supposed to be discussions between myself and these candidates. Loella saw Archon Antial's disdainful smirk sour into an even more annoyed frown. I merely think it is important, Prince, that you and I be fully aware of associations between any given candidate and known criminals, he snidely replied. But for once it seems you do have a point. Let's get this over with, he said, reclining in his seat, visibly confident that this merfolk woman in front of him was of no concern, or at least wouldn't be after the next few minutes. Lola's heart sank. Haggerty had been found out. She tried briefly to examine Antial to find out exactly what he was up to. Did he somehow suspect that Haggerty was working against him? Or worse, had Antial learned about the law of inheritance from Zeru, and was planning on executing Haggerty in order to begin increasing the potency of his own hydromancy? So, Jula of the Vassian Isles, due to the agreement that the Archon and I have for these proceedings are... Discussion will be limited to you answering specific questions that the Senate has approved, Chiral began in a rote monotone. He had obviously repeated these very words dozens of times over the past several days. The first of these is this. What is your stance on the current state of human-merfolk affairs in the kingdom of Maielli? Luella gulped. Haggerty had not told her that there were questions much less of this nature as part of the presentation she hadn't been sure of what to expect but a formalized interview was hardly her idea of beginning a courtship i uh, well to be honest she began but how honest should she be with antio listening to every word he sat quite disinterested and bored at the moment Whatever initial panic he may have experienced at hearing of a surprise candidate from someone in his own office, it had clearly worn off, and was instead replaced with an utter lack of concern for someone of such low social standing like little Jula of the Vassian Isles. So Loella decided to take the risk. "'I do see many ways in which the treatment of humans can be vastly improved. During the war on Cruz, for example, merfolk wounded were given priority—' often leaving human soldiers on the secondary tier of concern for the healers present on the field. Loella squared her shoulders, smiling a little as she saw Antioch's disinterest begin to shift into perturbed attention. Humans were little more than cannon fodder for the merfolk, and if we are to really value our own martial honor, we'd do more to make sure we fight alongside our allies, rather than letting them shield us from the cruelties of war." Antiel looked as if a particularly disgusting insect was crawling across Loella's teeth. Chiral, on the other hand, perked up somewhat. I have to say, Jula, I have heard many candidates offer their own platitudes about treating humans better, probably because it is no secret that I sympathize with their plight. But I am surprised to hear a merwoman speak with such familiarity of what happened to Cruz. How did you learn of that war?" Loella nodded, quickly thinking. I am from the Vassian Isles. My family knows many of the soldiers who were drafted for that conflict, and what I know of that war comes from them, she answered. Chiral nodded, mildly approving, but mostly still quite jaded. Antial continued to scowl at Loella, but did not interrupt. So for the next question, then are you fertile? Chiral asked frankly. Loella gulped. I, I, I beg your pardon Antial groaned. This is your formal presentation to Prince Kairol for your one shot at becoming a queen of our people. And queens do have many responsibilities, though the duty to bear an heir to the throne is kind of the whole point of a queen in the first place. I uh, well yes uh, I am fertile as far as I know, Lola answered keeping her gaze focused on the king. "'You'll forgive me, your majesty. It's just that I'm not accustomed to my politics and my fertility being the first two things a man wants to know about me,' she confessed. And there, Chiral's apathy broke as he let out a small chuckle. Antial folded his arms disapprovingly. "'Prince Chiral, let us finish this. Proceed, please.' Clearing his throat, Chiral nodded, though he obviously was cheered up somewhat by Antial's discomfiture. Loella tried to not appear too pleased with herself, not wanting to draw any more ire from the Archon than was absolutely necessary. She'd have to be very careful with this last question, whatever it was. And for the final question, Chiral asked, what is your primary interest in becoming the queen of our people? Loella breathed a sigh of relief. This was one she could easily answer. Your Excellency... I believe that our people are facing grave dangers, too numerous and too serious to allow a full di- discussion here in this format, she began. But I believe that if your grace were to choose me to become your queen, I would support you in your efforts to not only treat humans more equitably, but also help keep our people safe in these uncertain times. And with all due respect, she began deciding that it was too risky not to try to warn him in some way. "'I believe that bringing back our reserve troops from the various regions of the kingdom would be a good start. With the dwarves and avians able to so easily reach our capital, we should—' "'Enough!' Antial interrupted. "'We get the picture.' "'You are either a simpering fool who hopes to tell the king exactly what he wants to hear "'in order to select you as the queen, "'or you are an idiot who knows nothing of the true values a real woman should defend.' Antial Kyrol angrily began, "'No, prince, her allotted time is up, and she is no longer permitted to speak. "'Now can we dismiss her? "'Surely you deserve a break from these insufferable women as much as I do.' Antial insisted. Loella's right fist tightened. Chiral's hollow resignation had returned in full force. He turned his head back to Loella. My apologies for my colleague's rudeness, but we do need to end our conversation for the time being. I'll remind you that at the tenth hour tomorrow morning you'll be granted audience once more, but in the presence of the full body of the Senate, which will be seated here in this room. Kyral instructed, his voice running along the same rote monotone he had used at the start of their conversation. It is then that you will offer a gift uh, to me. And, per the mandate of the Senate, which was just passed today, I am now obligated by law to select that candidate which offers the most expensive gift. As he said this, Kyral rolled his eyes. Wait, you... You can't be serious, Loella said, disbelieving. The Senate is forcing you to choose the merwoman who gives you the most expensive gift? Is our Senate that shallow enough to believe that something as sacred as marriage should be bought? What's the point of presentations like these, then? Like so much of the rest of what so many of these other senators do, there isn't a point, my dear, Antiole quipped, "'However, as I have told the prince many times, "'he can abdicate the throne to me "'instead of being rushed into such nonsense.'" "'It is still a choice he has,' Antial echoed, "'looking meaningfully towards kyral kyral remained as dejected as he had "'at the start of Loella's introduction. "'Ignoring the Archon, he waved Loella forward. "'Again, my apologies. "'It was nice meeting you, Jula.' You at least seemed uh, a little different. Uh, thank you, he muttered. It was hardly the guarantee of selection that Loella had been hoping for. I, well... Thank you, Your Majesty, she said, bowing. And so Loella motioned to her palanquin bearers to carry her out. They were all humans, of course, as having myrrh crabs carry her had been something of a calling card when she was last in this building. Just as the doors began to close behind her. Lieutenant Dranel was standing at attention in the hallway, waiting for her. "'How did it go? I, I've never been allowed inside once the presentation starts,' the young man asked. "'Not the best, I'm afraid,' Loella reported. "'This whole situation just got a little more complicated than I had hoped. "'Have our bears leave us and speak together in the waters once more. "'I tire of these palanquins anyway, and I'd like to speak with you alone.' A drawling, charismatic voice from behind Loella echoed. Startled, she turned, realizing that the doors hadn't closed all the way just yet. Antial was addressing the king. Loella turned to Dronel. Lieutenant, can you? She began, but he was already on it. He raced around the palanquin, stopping the door from closing completely. Loella looked down to the bearers and promised them. Please remain quiet about this. I'll triple your pay, she offered. It was somewhat difficult to see over the edge, but she saw enough to know that they were eagerly nodding in response. Seeing as she had been the first merfolk in ages to offer palakine-bearers like them actual pay for their services, they seemed most eager to accommodate her. "'Thank you. Now, could you just help me get a little closer to that door? We can't open it any more, otherwise Antial will know someone is eavesdropping. But I suspect we'll be able to catch much of what he is saying if I were to rest my ear in that small open gap in the doors.' she explained. The bears carefully maneuvered the palanquin against uh, the doors, so that it was flushed against them, granting Loella unfettered access to the small gap between the two doors. She knew Antial likely would not try to kill Chiral now, even though they were alone. Nevertheless, she was uneasy about why the Archon would want to have no one else listen to what he was about to say. Not about who is in charge, Antial. It's like that young woman said, there are grave threats to this kingdom that we need to defend against. Threats that you don't seem to be taking seriously, she heard Chiral say. Loella silently thanked the architects of the palace complex for designing the room the king and the Archon were in so well. She really could catch every word, no matter where she was. And fortunately, both Chiral and Antiel were talking, or rather arguing, loudly enough, that what they were saying easily reached her ears. I'm not the one confused about the threats we face here, Chiral, Antial challenged. These human rebellions are real. We have people dying because they are putting their own self-interest ahead of the kingdom. You would rather stress about imaginary elves who steal ancient relics and raise the dead. I know you are smart enough to at least see how hard to believe that must be for the rest of us. "'And y'all sneered. "'But if you continue to be so obstinate "'about the reality our kingdom faces, "'it would be better for you to give up now "'before you are married off "'to one of these absolutely atrocious personalities "'we both have been tormented with "'for the past several days.' "'That last one wasn't as bad. "'I could very well marry her,' "'Kyral defiantly suggested, "'as Lola's heart leaped in her chest. She had made an impression. Antio's laugh echoed throughout the chamber. Really? I had thought you had learned well enough not to get involved with any woman even remotely like your ex-wife, he commented. Or do you still labor under the delusion that she was always faithful to you? Loella's world came to a screeching halt as she processed what Antio was saying, what that must have meant. Antial, he must have told Chiral about... No. Delusion or no, you haven't exactly been forthcoming with evidence of this lie you've invented, Chiral rejoined. Luella is one of the most sympathetic, understanding, and loyal people I've ever met. She made mistakes before, and she admitted to that. She doesn't care about money or power. This... The story you've concocted simply doesn't square with the Luella that I fell in love with and married, and hardly the Luella that I had the fortune to see again on the Isle of Cruz. Even if she is alive, Antial's voice rebutted, and if she wanted to come back to you, it would only be to use you, your majesty. She said as much to me during our... uh, Many nights together. Enough! Chiral demanded. I may have to swallow these ridiculous mandates from the Senate, but I don't have to listen to you slander my wife's character. You have no proof. Actually, my little prince, Antial mercilessly insisted, that is no longer true. You see, it just so happens that I do have proof. See for yourself. Loella's heart sank. What could Antial possibly be showing him? She gently pushed the large door open a little more, widening the gap so that she could peer inside. Thankfully, the door opened noiselessly so that she could see. But what she did see haunted her, worse than any fate a Molinot could inflict. It was a pearl necklace. Simple, and without embellishment, yet brilliant all the same. It was broken, with a few of the beads missing, and it dangled like a limp noodle out of Archon Antial's hand. Loella did not see Chiral's reaction from her vantage point, but he was frozen, motionless. How? How did you get this? The king finally asked. How do you think all said, enjoying the pain he was obviously inflicting on Chiral. "'She told me all about it. "'She didn't tell me who you were exactly, "'only that they were from a man she didn't want to be with. "'You made these pearls for her, didn't you? "'One of your little hobbies, one of your little science projects?' I admit it took me quite some time to figure out whose initials had been stenciled in to that last pearl there, but when your existence became public knowledge, it all began to make so much sense. It's funny, isn't it? You'd think that after all those months of experimenting, after all that patient trial and error you must have gone through to get these pearls, that she'd appreciate them a little bit more as that betrothal gift you had intended. Well... "'As you can see, she ended up giving it to me,' Antial said, grinning widely. "'I would have given them back to you sooner. "'But I had given them away to another little flame of mine. "'Who had in turn given them to someone else? "'You should be proud, actually. "'There's several senators and nobility that can say they've rather enjoyed this little trinket.' Loella was shaking. "'Senator, what's the matter?' Lieutenant Dronell asked from behind her. He had been standing watch, making sure that no one would sneak up on Luella. Obviously, he had seen her distressed reaction. What are they talking about? Why? Why would... Why would you do this? Chiral asked, his voice more devastated and hollowed out than Luella had ever heard before so that you know exactly what kind of fate you're consigning yourself to if you decide to proceed with the Senate's ridiculous charade tomorrow, Antial emphasized slowly. Loella was supposed to be the best of them, wasn't she? That's how you saw her. And look how right your father was to try to keep you isolated from the Senate. He knew how fragile and trusting you'd be. You simply were never meant for politics. Each of these girls are spoiled witches that would just ruin you as much as Luella has. And if that last one reminded you of her, (laughs) well, I suppose you can see why you'd only be setting yourself up for yet another disappointment. Loella's vision blurred with hot tears of shame. It had finally happened. Her past had finally caught up with her, and at the absolute worst time. She thought she had seen the last of that blasted necklace when Antiod snapped it in two in front of her when he had rejected her on that fateful night. That same night, when she afterwards vented her frustrations on Chiral, blaming him for her political obscurity. The night that had driven him to run away, to try, ultimately too hard, to make a difference she could be proud of. A fleeing prince who unintentionally helped start one of the most catastrophic wars for hundreds of years. Chiral remained motionless, unresponsive. And he all patted him on the shoulder in a mockery of sympathy she would only ever use you for her own ends. She, like every other woman you've ever met, would only want you for a crown. So, King Chiral, if you finally decide that the burden of that crown is too much for you, well, you'll know where to find me. And Archon Antioch dived down into the water, making his exit. Kyraal remained frozen in place, looking at the pearl necklace in his hand. His back still turned to Loella's door. And as Luella retreated on her palakine with Lieutenant Dronell, she couldn't help but feel that she had just lost something more important than any sword or any battle or any kingdom she had tried to save in her life. What possible victory could she hope for tomorrow, when she had already caused Kairal to lose so much? Tsarak the malanat inhaled deeply the detestable scent that he had first detected so long ago on the shores of the broken city of Regnath growing stronger. But there was a problem. She's not alone, Sarak raged. That Lola, she's hiding among her own kind. So many fish. So many fish. Oh, she could be hiding anywhere among them. He was still far out at sea, the distant island of Ithal, but a small coin-sized blemish on the horizon. Dawn was beginning to rise. Do not fret, brother, Najirak chittered next to him. You may be concerned about one more woman, but there is no need to fear those among whom she hides, he chuckled darkly. We have had a long journey, after all, and hunger. Both of them turned their heads as they continued to rest their misshapen torsos on the driftwood from the wreck of the Penelope. Behind them were dozens, hundreds of their kind. Some had come all the way from Regnath, while others were more recent additions to their swarm. Our hive has grown, Najirak menacingly smiled. It matters not even if half of us die when we arrive. If what my nose tells me is true, he said, deeply inhaling, there is plenty of meat ahead of us. For every one of us they may kill. We will turn four of theirs. You will have your revenge on the merwoman. By the end of this day, she will know our hunger. Both Tsarak and Nejirak looked, the hunger lust strong in their eyes, on that little blemish on the morning horizon. All of them will know our hunger. And that concludes our story for today. Stay tuned for the continuation next month on November 2nd at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Until then, remember, you cannot see the hero... Until you know the monster.